This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich and today's episode is called How to Ask for What You Want Without Being a Pushy Pest. Can you imagine asking for anything, including money, with ease and confidence? How great would it be to have a community of support excited to donate so you can thrive in any circumstance? My guest today is Marianne Dirsch, and she helps nonprofit leaders do just that. Marianne helps them master the art of influence so they can ask for and receive all they want, need, and deserve without feeling rejected, ineffective, or pushy. Marianne has spent 30 years working in the sector, helping organizations communicate more effectively. From those experiences, she authored a great book, Courageous Communication, Why Codependence is Making Your Nonprofit Brand Boring and What to Do About It. She hosts the Influential Nonprofit Podcast and the annual Donor Attraction Forum virtual event. She's known for her love of ultra high heels, extra large diet cokes, and short karaoke rotations. Marianne Dirsch, welcome to Hello. the Story Power Marketing Show. It's great to be here. It's great to see you again. It has been a few years. I was just thinking about when I first knew you, um, and it's been it's been a few decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the early 2000s, I founded my email service provider, email software company, MarketVault. You were working for a an agency that serves nonprofits yep, here in town. Yeah, yep, 501 mm -hmm. Creative, a great agency, still going at it here in St. Louis. And you were a big part of that back in the day. And uh, some of your clients were using MarketVault software to do their email marketing back in the day when a lot of businesses didn't know a thing about email, uh, probably hadn't even heard of email marketing. Yes, much and I had to explain Friday. to people. I remember yeah. being at this conference and explaining to people what this was and how amazing it was because you could mail something without having it printed. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. That, I mean, that was really new. Yeah, and you know, we were talking off offline before we, uh, we fired up the record uh, button here and we were talking about how print has come back around print yep. you know um firms like 501c are spending a lot more time helping their clients with print and for a while the whole digital thing nonprofits were diving deep into digital and throwing some of the old proven known to work tactics overboard um now they've realized oh that stuff still works too yeah and it's it's back in the mix but before we talk marketing and business and communications being persuasive without being pitchy i have to ask you the most important uh, 
the important question of the day, which is what is your go-to karaoke uh, song? Okay, this is so funny because this is the question <laughs> that I ask people at the end of my podcast. Oh. Um, and it's, a, you know, because I, I, it's a window into your world. So I actually have a notes app on my phone of all the songs that I sing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, right. Um, so like right now I really like Dua Lipa. So I'm uh -huh. levitating. I like, I, I, I like, sometimes I like newer stuff and I to, yeah. Um, yeah. if I really want to wow them, I do Fergie milf money. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it and is. You asked. <laughs> I asked. I asked. But now let's seriously get to the important stuff. So, you know, this this notion of having trouble asking, fearing that you're going to be a pitchy pest. You spend a lot of time with nonprofit leaders whose stock and trade is, you know, they have to go out and raise money. They have to go talk about what they do. They have to draw people in. And it's really, really hard for many of them, even when their heart is deeply connected to a cause. It's really, really hard for them to step out and do those sorts of things. So tell us a little bit about the work you do and how you help leaders become more persuasive without that sense of oh, this is yucky this is I yeah past yeah. yeah so let me let's just talk about why it feels yucky um yeah. first of all when we're trying to pitch or sell um we're trying to make somebody care and mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that I work on is you can't make people care and that's what makes it like draining and hard is because you're trying to convince somebody to care about something yeah. When why we care is less about your case we're giving and more about an individual's experience, right? Yeah. Their lived belief system, their lived experience, right? So that that's the first thing. The second thing, if especially, I mean, specifically in fundraising, when you feel like you're putting the money before the relationship, when you're talking with somebody and you want something from them, so you, you, you're like, okay, I'm meeting with you, Tom, because I want you to give me money. That's putting the money or the result before the relationship. And that also can make it feel pretty icky because you mm -hmm. know, in your heart, that's not this. No, this doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And like, I always say, you know, focus on the relationship, the money will come, but that's what causes that. Oh, this feels hard. This feels like something I don't really want to do. Well, then why, why is that? What's all the resistance? Oh, the resistance is because I'm not really, I don't mean to like, no one means to do this, but, but we're taught to like, oh, you got to go in there and you got to convince them and you got to close them and, you know, and you got to show all your data and all that. And then that's the other thing I think that makes it hard is you feel like you have to have this like ironclad, you know, case like, oh, this is it. And, and that's, that's the stuff that's not working. That makes it hard that for some reason we were taught along the way, this is, this is how you do it. Yep. Yep. I, I think that is so true. And I, I want to look over my shoulder here for a second and see if I have it on my bookshelf. I don't have it handy. There is a there's a copywriter, a guy named Eugene Schwartz, who was one of the most prolific and successful copywriters in the 60s and, and the 70s, even into the 80s. And the very first page of his book, a book called Breakthrough Advertising, which is really sort of a Bible for, um, for copywriters, it, it, he says, in effect, I'm going to just paraphrase here, we do not create 
desire in the marketplace. Our job is to understand the desires and the feelings that already exist in the market and then speak to those desires. And that's exactly what you were saying. And, and it's the first page of this book and it really is the most important and profound idea in that book. And, and to your point, most people think that they're in the business of convincing and cajoling and pushing. Right. When yep. in fact, our job is to figure out what it is that the, the I use, I use uh, for-profit language, uh, the prospect or, or right. the, yeah. And uh, what it is that the for, what the prospect feels, desires, the impact they want to make, what do they care about? Where is their heart? And then is my cause one that would naturally connect to the heart? And right. so happy. I call that that's the philanthropic heart. That's my, that's, yeah. so all yeah. we're doing is, is seeing, oh, uh, does our philanthropic heart align with yours? Yep. Right. And so my marketing, the, the shift is our marketing, and this is for for-profit or non-profit, whatever, it doesn't really matter because it's just people connect in the same way is our marketing is designed not to make somebody change somebody's mind, but to connect with those like-minded people who see themselves right yep. reflected and so it's it's a, it's like a siren song it's a call out hey if this feels like you you know come see what we're doing instead of oh this is how awesome we are you should contribute because that's really not how people make decisions people make decisions based on like we said what's in their heart and and their lived experience right like so why i care you know i you know my kids are adopted out of foster care I know, I, you know, Foster Adoptive Care Coalition is an organization that's close to my heart. Stray Rescue of St. Louis. I've been fostering dogs forever. I'm a rescuer by nature. That's just me. It has everything to do with how I grew up. I was like a later in life child who felt like I never fit in, right? Like, and that, that's what wired me. And so that's what I gravitate to. It's not that, you know, diabetes or the planet or, you know, whatever um, is not important. It's just, that's not what I am called into. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and I, and, and the thing is I can't change. I, it's like, Oh, could I just either look for people who share my heart or try to rewire a whole human being? That's where these two is. E one is easier than the other. <laughs> that's why it feels hard and heavy because like, I don't, the whole goal is I don't need you or anybody to be different in order. Right. That yeah. is, I don't need you to be different. I don't need anybody to change for me. I find the people who share, like you said, that desire, you know, mm -hmm. there's nothing that nothing was created without desire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what's so powerful about that is that when you get that right, both in for-profit and non-profit, then the ask is not, will you hand me money cha-ching transactional? The ask is, would you like to connect your heart? Would you like to express your desire through this channel, through my nonprofit, through the programs that that yes that I offer? And it's a much much more comfortable place it to is. be. And, it, yeah, it so, feels so much on. joyful because you said the word through, and I use yeah. it not because of, but through. So yeah. I am donating because to to achieve a goal either relieve a pain or create a gain in my life 
through as and the and the nonprofit is the conduit tonight. It's not because of, it's through it. So through yeah. this organization, I get to live my best values. I get yeah. to align my assets with my bet with my ideals. That's yeah. it. And I find the most place to do that. So when you said through, I was like, exactly. It's not because of, right? It's through now every once in a while, sure, it works that way, but it's just not sustainable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about the work that you do. How, how do you, you're, you're uh, connecting with a nonprofit leader who participates in one of your coaching programs or is interacting with you in, in uh, some sort of way. What, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, I think there's almost a deprogramming exercise because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I've seen it on boards I've served on where, you know, people think, all right, well, the game is I... I grudgingly build a list and I call people and I cajole and I, I push and I hate every minute of it, but I do it because it's my duty. <laughs> How do you move somebody from that place to the place that we're talking? About? Right. And most people don't do it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> most, yeah. most people, because it just, oh, it feels so heavy. Uh, all right. Yeah. Um, and it is a bit of deprogramming. I think that's a really great word for it. Somebody described my, the work I do is like, it's a whole new operating system. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so the, I think the first step is, um, well, there's a couple of things, but, um, is that what I look for and, and who I, who I enroll in my program are people who are like, I know I could be better. I know I could do more. I just don't know how, but I know what's in with me. Mm -hmm. So what, what we're taught is, oh, if my board does this, then I'll feel better. Or if I raise this much, I feel better. If, you know, or if I get this much exposure and it's actually the opposite, right? When I feel better, when I feel valued, when I feel excited, when I see the possibility, then that, then, then that, then that comes externally. Mm -hmm. And so what I work with are people who are, who want to work on those skills of influence, right? How do I enroll people in a vision, how do I get people I have no authority over to do what I want them to do, to just but to choose it, right? It's about the energy of choice. Like I don't have to, I choose to. Like and so if we're both in this because we choose to be here. It's a whole different thing than I must be here. I have to be here, right? So right. right, and so what I when I I'll just say this when I you know everybody's a COVID story, right? <laughs> Everyone has a COVID story. So my COVID story is. I was working, you know, I was working with organizations on their marketing and I was working kind of reverse engineering these principles into it, right? Understanding you don't have to pitch or sell and all of that. And then I'm working. And then finally, like I work with a coach and she's like, Miriam, why don't you just teach people? I'm like, oh yeah, I could actually just teach people what I really want them to know. So I sort of backed up from external to getting into more internal work mm -hmm. to help people prepare for more visibility externally. Right mm -hmm. to, to understand to stand in their value to have the confidence, and and to be able to like navigate criticism because that's a big thing and that's what my book really goes into is, you know, because if you're doing or saying something interesting, somebody's not going to like it, and right. that's kind of just the price, right? And right. oh, like oh, we don't want anybody to get mad at us. Well, if you're going to do something important, somebody's not going to like it. We're going right. to figure out how to, how to work through that. So it is sort of a, a deprogramming. And it starts with like leadership of self first, right? Mm -hmm. And standing in that value. And then from there, learning how to enroll people in a vision in a way that feels easy and joyful. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, and then how to just basically sustain that or work to shift a culture to support that beyond yeah. the person I'm working with. And the yeah. more I got into that, Tom, the more I was like, it felt so good. And it actually, you know, really helped people. And then when it came time for the marketing, now we're doing it from a place of confidence and opportunity and possibility, mm-hmm. which is, you know, and so that's a whole level, you know, that's a whole up level from where we are before. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and you've used a phrase, I've heard you use the phrase natural influence. So we have sort of an innate natural influence that we can exert. Um, yes. And, and, and tell us what you mean by that. And because uh, I agree with, with, I think how you view this. Okay. So influence means, right. I'm, you know, when I'm a value to you, you'll be a value to me. And mm-hmm. what it requires is for me to just set my needs aside. I, I know what I need. I know what I'd love to have happen in the situation, but I'm just going to put this over here. And what I want to do is really tap into who you are, like what's going on with you. Um, and it's a met less. So when we say we don't have to pitch, right? Because we want to listen instead. And that is so when, when we teach people to, hey, you don't have to sell anybody, push anybody. All I have to do is listen, right? Mm-hmm. Listen with curious. Like you have to be just a little bit curious, like a little bit, I have a little bit of curiosity, a little bit of courage um, and listen to what people are saying. And the first step to that though, before the listening is there's a thing I talk about all the time, which is release the outcome. If there's one thing anybody could take from this conversation is what I release the outcome, which means, you know, I'm going to let go of anything that could happen. Um, Whatever happens, I'm totally okay. I need nothing. I have everything, right? And like, just, but not from this place, like the head, like I'm going to, if it's, if it works out. So when I release the outcome, then I am open to who you are, not who I need you to be. Right. Right. So I can see who you're not. And I'm listening fully to who Mm -hmm. you are, not just the parts of you that are going to meet the needs that I have. Mm -hmm. And that's, and once when, when we release the outcome, we see people for who they are, even if like, let's say we, you know, you connect with somebody and it's just not a great fit but you're going to have a great conversation and they're going to respect and trust you. Yeah. Right. So that, that, so everyone has like this idea of like the natural influence of just being a listening and appreciating somebody for who they are. But first we have to release the idea. Like I need this person to do this for me. I got to get somebody to do something because what happens is in the pitching, it gets pushy and in the pushy people get defensive and they shut down. Right? Yep. Yep. Especially, especially if you have not released the outcome and you're in a sense of desperation and the person across the table or on the other line on the telephone feels it, you know, in sales, nonprofit, in fundraise, excuse me, in fundraising, nonprofit, yeah. sales for profit. If you are too invested in the outcome, if you are desperate, then you almost always are going to feel awful. You're going to make the other person feel awful. And it's, it's just absolutely not going to work. The other thing I was thinking about as you were talking about this curiosity, listening, welcoming, whatever outcome there's a, I think it was Jim Rohn who first talked about the distinction between frustration and fascination rather than allowing yourself to get frustrated 
just be fascinated. And if you take that approach when you're selling or, or asking for a donation, when you're having a conversation with somebody, they may say something or choose to do something that isn't the outcome that ultimately you desired. But if you've let go of that, of that outcome and not focused on it, it can just be fascinating. Hmm. I wonder, you know, what it is that this person cares about. I'm listening. I'm trying to understand. Oftentimes, by the way, that'll lead you to a point of resolution that you otherwise would have missed because you're just getting frustrated. Um, And it, it, everything that you're saying is so true, not just in the nonprofit sector. It's so critical in business in general in the for-profit sector as well. Yep. The more likely you want something, the less likely you are to get it. Mm-hmm. And so like having that, which, and it's not, that's not what we're taught, right? We're taught like, you got to get there. You got to hustle. You got to close and all of that. Yep. <laughs> but what yep. I'm listening for when I'm listening is something called an opening. So an opening is where something that you have or a need you have, right? Um, a pain or a gain that you have, I have something that could help you with that. Mm-hmm. So I can't meet your needs until I know what they are. So my job is always to understand what the needs are. And, you know, um, Tom, I have to just go back because before I really was a student of, of this and a 501 creative, when we would meet with potential clients and there was always this, not always, but sometimes there'd be this moment where like, you go, no, you go, you know, you go. Right. And then what we learned is no, we go, we're like, okay, here's what's going to happen. Right. Like we're here to listen and people would ask, oh, can you pitch us some creative, you know? You know, um, Karen Hannum in the present, she was always very good at like outlining, you know, here's our work process. And all we did was really listen. And that's where I learned the beauty of just coming in and sitting around the table and listening. And um, and then I I, I sort of grew in my skill set of that. But what I'm looking what I'm listening for is an opening, right? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So so let's say, you know, I, what I would love is to, for somebody to sponsor, you know, this professional development event that I have, and I'm really looking for somebody for sponsorships. And then the person I'm talking to starts talking about, you know, how they just love their employees and they value them and they, you know, and they're investing heavily in them. This is something that actually happened to a client of mine. And the guy was like, his jaw was like, he literally was just saying all the things. Like, I just love my employees and we, we, and I think it's so important to do that. And, and the the thing is when you hear the opening, um, you kind of just got to hold it until it's, until Mm -hmm. it's a good time. But -hmm. when it was, you know, I want to go back to something you said about how much you value your employees because I do too. And Mm -hmm. I was, I would love to talk with you about this opportunity they have, if it's okay with you. Um, and, you know, and then also I'm like, oh yeah, because now I know what would be a good fit. So I was doing this workshop um, last year and this woman said, well, I have 11 ways. And, you know, she's like, I have 11 ways you can get involved in our nonprofit. And I would give it to people. I give it to people and they can look and see what's, what's attractive to them. And I said, I love that inventory. What I'd love for you to do is use that for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because when I give that list to somebody, I'm like, here, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. But what I'm like, I'm listening and I'm hearing, oh, we love to do employee outings. Oh, we're a food bank. We have employee. That's that's one of the things we do, I, right? Um, but out of these eleven things, what am I supposed to talk to you about? By listening, I can tap into those. Like, 
what what are those things and um and so that way i have a way of of moving the conversation forward without oh do you like this or do you like this <laughs> or do you yeah. like that because yeah. it's listening and when i hear that opening i'm like oh okay one of the things i say a lot is people buy to the level they feel seen and heard so my job is only to allow people to feel seen and heard and the yeah. more they feel seen and heard you can actually feel somebody's body language shift when when i am when i am um when I'm talking with someone or when I, you know, the people I coach and train and I like, you will know, like, like, okay. So, you know, cause one of the things we work on is validating. So what I'm hearing is this and this and this, and this is important to you. Is that what you're saying? They go, Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yes. They get me. They get me. Okay. Now there's trust. And from there's trust. Now they're relaxed and now they're going to be open to what you have to say, but not yeah, until then. Yeah, you said something there that that almost slipped past. You 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 said they get me, and yes. and if you're talking to someone and they feel, wow, you really get me, you've you've won. You're they're yes. with you. You've they're made you. the connection. You've made the connection. And 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 now that doesn't necessarily mean that the donation follows or the product or service gets purchased but that means that they will they will hear you and pay attention to you and ask you with an open heart and an open mind they know like and trust you the model that we use we talk about the foundation for marketing we talk about story discovery and it's all about discovering what makes the prospect tick and there's a framework that we use called the 3e framework first e is empathize put yourself in the prospect's shoes listen pay attention understand what they're feeling where they are what they're what what's making them stuck and frustrated and so forth second e is envision also part of the listening and discovering ah, and yes creating a vision where mm -hmm. do they want to go so really in the end it's a journey and this is applicable to your uh, to your clients it's applicable to mine you know a before to after journey and only then after we understand that after we've empathized and envisioned through listening to them can we say oh i have something that will enable the journey right. i you know Donating to this program will enable you to have your employees, you know, out in the community in the way that you want. Donating to this program will allow you to do that thing you told me you want to do. Buying this program that I sell will enable you to have that journey you told me that you want to take. And if you are able to articulate that journey, is really what you've been saying i'm just framing it in a slightly different way they're going to lean in they're going to say yeah you get yeah, me you know yeah. what i'm about how is it that we can help each other yes and 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 then when they are asking you tell me more sales doesn't feel so yucky it anymore. doesn't i rarely <laughs> i rarely bring up what i do uh, if hardly at all Sometimes because I know the person isn't the right fit, but other times like I, because I'll say, well, what is it like to work with you or tell me, you know, and I, okay, yeah, sure. Um, cause our, or I will, the other thing I will do is if I think they're a good fit, I always ask permission. These are called micro commitments. So I'm like, Hey, would it be okay if I shared a little bit and whatever you decide is totally okay. So they get control. Yeah. They get to decide. Like I said, the, 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 um, you know, the more I allow people to decide, the more likely they're, they'll choose what I want. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, and it's like, when, when you're operating this way, it, it, it feels so free and easy, right? Because I don't have to get you to do anything. I'm just looking for the good connection, right? And right. this is like, when I work with boards, the board's freaking out on fundraising. Like, you don't have to ask anybody for anything. All you have, like, if there's alignment, great. If not, that's okay too. It did, like, you don't have, like, oh, really? Yeah, that's all you have to do. Because, like, one of the things I teach them is how to, right, how to have these conversations. And then I said, and then if, if it's an alignment, send it to the development director. They'll, mm -hmm. they'll follow, right? All, all you have to do is, like, oh, if, if they feel, if they feel interested, then we'll follow up. Oh, that's all I have to do. Yeah. Like you don't have to make anybody, you don't have to have the perfect words. Oh, that's another thing, Tom. Because I know we're all about stories and the words and I love words and you love words and we're all about words. And, um, and also it's way less about what you say and more about right them hearing. So people get freaked out. Like I have to have the exact right pitch. I have to have right all my facts and, and that's important. But really what's important is, are they feeling seen and heard? So it's that way less so, about that. And so there's that, like, if you don't it, have the, all the answers, if you don't, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't yeah. matter. Like, like really focus on who they are. And like I said, even if it's not a match, they will appreciate you. They will appreciate your transparency, your honesty. There'll be trust and respect. Even, and that can only benefit you in the long run. Amen. Right. Amen. And you, you said it's all about words. We like words, storytelling, storytelling, you know, all that buzz about that stuff. And, and I know you've heard this from your clients. Well, I don't, you know, I'm not a good storyteller. Or I don't have a good story to tell. People approach that question from an island. I have to, you know, the muse has to strike. I have to come up with something interesting <laughs> to say. I have to generate a compelling story when what you're saying and what I'm saying is no, just shut up and listen and they'll tell you what story to reflect back right. to the people you're talking to. And th that same guy, Eugene Schwartz, um, never suffered from writer's block. And when he was once asked about this, I, I think the quote was something like, copy is not written, copy is assembled. And what he meant by that is that, you know, it's not up to us to just generate the, the words and the stories and the pitch from, you know, some creative well within us. It's our job to go out and gather the building blocks by shutting up and listening, connecting with our audience, hearing what they say they want, and then the stories we tell and the conversations we have with them are reflecting back and they're saying, yeah, you yeah. get me. And like, not just in business, but just in life, you know? Yeah. I mean, to, to be able to empathize, you don't have to fix or solve anybody's anything. All you have to do is reflect it. I, I'm going to tell you how this work. Um, so my son is, my kids are adopted. My kids are black. My son works at a little restaurant by us and my husband and I dropped him off and then decided we were going to go through the drive-thru because we had something else to do. Mm -hmm. And we're going through the drive-thru and I say to the woman handing us our food, oh, hi, I'm Antonio's mom. And she's like, oh, hi, this is the extent of the conversation. Mm -hmm. My son texts me the next day. Why did you tell people at work I'm adopted? And I was like, there were so many things going through my head. And I was like, this thought, you've been adopted since you were nine months old. What does it matter? I've been into that restaurant three times. Like everything I wanted to, 
And I, okay, empathy, empathy, pull that out. Fortunately, it's on text. I had a minute. I said, um, I just said to him, it must be so hard to walk through life where people know things about you just by looking at you, things that you may not want them to know about you, mm -hmm. that you don't get that choice when to disclose that. And I'm sorry that I said that because if you weren't ready for them to know us and you're right. And, but like, I had to, <laughs> you've been adopted since you were nine months old. You've had white parents your whole, like, I wanted to like deny, dismiss all of those things, which is what we do when people have objections, right? Oh, it's not that bad. All the, right. Like set aside, how, what is my job to have him feel seen and heard? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I reflected that back to me was like, and I could feel Yes. Like, oh yes. And he's right. Right. Like in, in the end, I made a little blunder and, <laughs> but I, it, I had to walk with him down that path a little bit. But my point is like the empathy is not just in business. It's with anybody, right. Yeah. That makes you a better friend. It makes you a better colleague because I don't, I'm not trying to solve or fix anything. All I'm yeah. doing is helping you understand where you're, you know, where you're at. And what you want for yourself, yeah. right? Yeah, and, it, um, it, it it goes back to that that frustration versus fascination thing. You know, the 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 reflex reaction is to be frustrated. My kid just barked at me. Right. Um, I'm I'm gonna get defensive. That was frustrating for me. I I'm just said hi. Blah yeah. blah blah. <laughs> yeah, but instead, you you put the lens on him. And and a lot of this was already, you know, you you know your this kid. is the product of a lot of training as well. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. But that training was based on putting the lens on the other, listening, seeing, hearing, and all of these skills that are are just so critical. And I'm glad that you've emphasized. I'm glad you shared that story because these are not just business skills. These are not just fundraising skills. These are are life skills. And I'm sure that you've experienced something I've experienced, which is when we do the, this sort of work in the service, in your case of fundraising, in the service, in my case of marketing, usually a for-profit business, I will often hear back from my clients who say, oh, this, this work that we're doing is actually making me a better service provider. It's making yes. me better at my work. And that to me is about as fulfilling as it could get for me in my work to hear yes. that, that we, it's making me a better human being. Because you said one of the things when we opened this conversation was about like the deprogramming or like this, this mm -hmm. is a different operating system. How we show up one place is how we show up any place. This whole idea, oh, this is my my work life, my professional life, my it's we're all this, it's all the same. Right. Mm -hmm. You don't think like a client I work with who learned to set boundaries and, you know, with her boss was able to like go home and set boundaries with the care of her, you know, her elderly mom with her brother. Right. right. Like, like it's all, it all translates or, or vice versa, like that negotiating that with her brother gave her the confidence to then negotiate a different relationship with, with her boss. Mm -hmm. And I guess Tom, what, what I saw was really good organizations giving like good people wanting to put good in the world but they were being thwarted by their inability to navigate situations right mm -hmm. how our thoughts and feelings contribute to our everyday decision making mm -hmm. 
And that's what was causing people not to communicate effectively externally, not to develop the program. And then people were going to quit. They quit the board. They go to another organization because mm-hmm. they just, we weren't taught how to navigate these things. Mm-hmm. So that's where I found like, oh, I, and it, I want to help people, ex, uh, you know, communicate a stronger message. Well, first it's, it doesn't start with the message. It starts with our ability to, you know, stand in our value and understand, right. And, and, uh, oh, okay. That's going to go off down. We just got to back up a couple of steps, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. in that, right. Then everything shifts, yeah. right. Everything shifts. Yeah. I, I think it's great. So Marianne, where can people find you to learn more about what you do to connect, to get exposed to some of the programs yeah. that you offer? Where are you? Uh, courageouscommunication.com. Yep. Um, and the, there's, I'm the only, well, there's other, another Mary Anders. Well, there's only two Mary Anders in the world. that spell their name like me. <laughs> so I'm easy to find on LinkedIn. I'm mostly yep. on LinkedIn, uh, but courageouscommunication.com. I do a podcast like you and I, you know, tons of, and you're going to be on mine. So, right. Um, tons of value. Um, so I, I really, really focus on email, email marketing. Thank you. Uh, I give tons of value and I, I like, I very much emphasize just giving value to people, um, especially via that list. So I have lots of like wonderful subscribers who enjoy my email because like, I'm, I'm just here to give value, right? Cause I know if I'm a value to you, you'll be a value to me. And that, that, that's how you live. And that's how I live. Yep. I eat my own cooking. I eat my own cooking. (laughs) Yes, you do. I know you do. So courageouscommunications.com. Yep. And LinkedIn, Marianne Dersh and so forth. All that's going to be in the show notes. Marianne, parting thoughts? Um, I would just say um, if there's anything you would take is really release the outcome. Just mm-hmm. let go of expectation. Know that you're safe, that you're supported, especially in the nonprofits. The money, the money always comes. It, it, you're, you're fine. And once we root ourselves in like that releasing of the outcome, you're not going to believe how much your world will shift if, if yeah. you're just thinking about that. Like the next person you talk to, if you could just take 15 seconds to just let go of any expectation and just really listen to what mm. they what they are saying and see how different that feels. Yeah. Yeah. Marianne Dursch, it is so nice to reconnect with you. I know. Have a conversation like this one. I so look forward to spending a few minutes with you on your podcast. We'll do it all over again. Cover I know, right? Ground, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, I wish you all the luck. For those of you who have stuck with us to the end of this episode, if you're watching, if you're listening, I thank you. And please go to wherever it is that you consume this podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever, and give us a five-star review and a, a nice comment so that you can spread the gift with, uh, to others. If you enjoyed it, let other, others know so that they can find it. Also, storypowermarketing.com, free resources, sign up for my email list. That's where I help coaches, consultants, authors, anyone who's packaging their expertise for sale, to help others, I help you transform your content from 
prospect repelling to client attracting. <laughs> transform the process. I love that. <laughs> transform the process from frustrating to fun and ultimately transform the bottom line. Lots of great resources there. So please check out Story Power Marketing. Check out the show notes so that you can find your way to Marianne and we'll see you down the road. Thank you again, Marianne. Thank you. Take care. For listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.